the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. It's funny how habits change quickly, right? I went from looking at the weather of what's going to be high, what's going to be low, to how many hours of rain, when's it going to stop? I've been searching different apps to find different successes and failures. And believe it or not, the Apple app's doing a really nice job with precipitation. I don't like the look of the app. They uh, acquired a company, I think Dark Weather or something like that, a couple of years ago, and they basically shut down that app. Um, but they are taking a lot of the data and algorithms from it. And it's one of the coolest features of the Apple Weather app is you can take out the temperatures, you can take out the humidity, you can take out a lot of things, and you can just say, when's it going to rain? And you can kind of see what the, the period looks like. I know you're saying you sound like your dad, you care about rain. <laughs> yes, when you own an expensive home, two expensive homes, and one is in snow and right now covered in snow from all the rain, and one of them is covered in wet rain, you start thinking, is this going to end badly with an insurance claim? It's worthy of note. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Let's go over some odd little things, shall we? First and foremost, life never happens like we want it to. I think that's fair to say. And it's important that we say that. You have to be honest with yourself. There's going to be hiccups. I know a guy that's on his third wife. And um, that's expensive. There's periods of your life where you're, you know, and I'm not trying to go man against woman here, but in, in this case, he's constantly paying wives off to go away, which is a weird way of putting it or paying them what they deserve. Or I don't even know. I don't want to get into the socials of it, <clears throat> but you can lose a lot of wealth with marriages, with houses, with cars, with college. One of the best things I did was settle down. My divorce was embarrassing. The marriage lasted under a year. And then I happened to wander into her computer one night because I have a massive insomnia and it was on. And I saw an email to a guy that she was flirting with. And she basically said something to the nature of, um, if there was a fire, what three things would you grab from your apartment? And he goes, I would grab my phone to call you. I would grab my passport to come see you. And uh, she gave a response that was not the best. She wanted her Edgar Allan Poe book. She wanted her phone and maybe her purse or something. I don't know. So I asked her, I said, if there's ever a fire, do you mind waking me up on the way out? And we got a divorce. Lasted under a year, but that's the crux of it. It was was lovely while it was in the romantic period. It was horrible when she was a very beautiful woman and people would send her emails from around the world. Didn't go the way I wanted it to, but because she did what she did, I think she felt a little guilt and she didn't take me to the cleaners. Tough to take someone to the cleaners for one year of marriage anyway, but you get the idea. Uh, We didn't co-mingle funds. I know a woman right now who's inheriting millions and millions and millions of dollars from her grandparents. 
She's in her 30s. I would give you her number, but I'm not going to. Just in case I need it in years to come. No, 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 no. I'm not that guy. Um, but I told her, I was like, you know, don't commingle that. If you ever get married, if you ever settle down, don't commingle. That's yours. Your grandfather wanted you to have it. If you put his name in it and you divorce, he gets half of it. And again, that's romantic to do. I don't believe in romance when it's $6 million. I believe in romance when you have nothing and you all you except for two nickels and you like you. Yeah, sure. Consolidate things. Even then, I, I don't even know. But inheritance, I don't commingle. Um, I didn't ask my spouse to commingle hers. Um, but you get the idea. Okay, so sometimes things don't go as they plan. Divorces, right? And they're expensive. So try to marry well, is what I would say. To the point that if you send me your 18-year-old son or daughter, I'm going to say, try not to get married in your 20s. Figure out what you really, really want from a life partner in your 20s. And I know you're saying that's not the way of doing it. <laughs> that's fair. I'm not I'm not the love doctor. Lisa Marie Presley died at the age of 54. You know, when we first saw Lisa Marie Presley, she was this uh, southern charm package of like she was Elvis's fiery daughter. And I, I remember the first time I saw her and I was like, wow, she kind of strangely looks like her dad. Weird. Um. But she died at 54. I would say that didn't go the way she wanted it to. She inherited the king's money. I would say that's awesome on a lot of levels, but she died at 54. Her ex-husband, Danny Keough, with whom she lived with, administered CPR until paramedics arrived. After her pulse was restored, she was taken to a nearby intensive care unit and placed on life support in an induced coma with a temporary pacemaker. Lisa Marie had complained about stomach pains earlier Thursday, and her death was not a suicide. Lisa Marie's father and paternal grandmother also both died from heart attacks at young ages. Weird to say Lisa Marie Presley's father, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's Elvis. Died at 42. 42. Um, Elvis's mother died at 46. So I think it's fair to say that there were some longevity issues on Elvis's side of the family. Now, again, he was a little bit on the bloated side. I got kicked out of Graceland once for asking the tour guide, um, can you show me the toilet that Elvis died on? And there was about 0, 0.0 seconds of patience with that question. Um, but I saw the jungle room. I saw his TV room where he would lay on bed with TV glasses and watch TV on his back. A true invention of miracles. Um, I know you're saying, why isn't that one patented? Probably is somewhere, right? So Lisa Marie Presley dead at 54. Her father died at 42. Her grandmother died at 46. Hopefully she had a will. Hopefully she had a trust. Um, her death occurred just two days after she and her mother attended the Golden Globes ceremony to support Austin Butler, who won the award for best actor in the drama film for his portrayal of her father. Um, pretty crazy stuff, right? So sometimes we don't live as long as we think we're going to. It. I feel bad for Priscilla. What's it like to bury your, your daughter? And when I said that out loud right now, I was like, is Priscilla still alive? And yeah, she attended the Golden Globes with her mother. Um, I'm just throwing that out there for you. People, sometimes life doesn't go the way you want it to. Um, got an email from a guy who is, he is into every stupid stock on the planet. 
like the AMCs. He's convinced that he's got it, that he's got this formula to hit a home run. And in it, his email, he sent me the website that he gets his stock picks from called WalletInvestor.com. I'm not knocking WalletInvestor.com. I don't know WalletInvestor.com. I did a quick search on negatives on Wallet Investor, and there's a lot of people who've used the service who don't like it. So that's my first flag of maybe not for me. It's eight bucks a month. I'm like, if it's eight bucks a month, is it really worth it? Probably not. You're not spending big money. You're spending a little bit of money trying to get secrets from Wall Street. I'm not a big newsletter fan because it's not timely. I'm not a big uh, website fan. I'm not a big um, software that tells you green light, buy stocks, red light, don't buy stocks or sell stocks. If it sounds like too easy, it probably is. What you're getting for an $8 website might just be a dude who shared his ideas with you. Speculative. Some of them hit, some of them misses. I don't think anything worth $8 worth paying is worth paying for in the world of investment advice. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. So Lisa Marie Presley dead at 54. We're starting to look at what she was worth and not worth. It's fair to say that Elvis Presley was mismanaged by... Uh, was it Colonel Parker was his name? Colonel Tom Parker? I'm not at the best at Elvis history and facts and figures, but... <clears throat> Supposedly, Elvis had a $5 million debt that he settled with the rights to his music catalog. Whoopsie. Sold that off. His imaging got done in a bad deal with Elvis Presley Enterprises. They sold 85% stake to CKK. CKX, he's one of the top earners on the death figure, uh, on the death menu, on the death list of celebrities every year. Him and Snoopy, people who are no longer around, but their likeness and their characters still get used. And he doesn't benefit from it. She was making about $4,000 a month from Graceland. She did own Graceland at the time of her death. But when Elvis died, his estate was worth about $5 million. That would be roughly $25 million in today's money. She had to sue her manager. She said that she lost over $100 million at one point in time through mismanagement. He sued her back. I don't know the details on this. Um, but all the royalties from his music were sold off to cover a debt. And the covers that he did made her some money every year. But she was pulling in about a million dollars a year at the time of her death. But she was living on a much more expensive uh, budget. So she's not one of those people who ended very poor, but it's just put she's not as wealthy as you would think, if that makes any sense. I think it does. Work with me here, shall you? Shall you? Um Jamie Diamond said something pretty fascinating. I love listening to Jamie Diamond. I like Brian Monahan from Bank of America, Jamie Diamond from JP Morgan. He was uh, on a televised interview earlier this week, and he talked about his, his quote that grabbed my attention was retirees, grandmothers, low income people. They've been hurt by crypto. And he's exactly right. I know people in their 20s and 30s who got into crypto at the high or they held it in the mid, watched it go high, didn't get out and then watched it crash. JP Morgan's Jamie Dimon, he's a Wall Street boss type, and he kind of looks the part, if you know what I'm saying. 
he famously said in September, he called the digital tokens decentralized Ponzi schemes. At a regulatory hearing, again, reiterated his criticism of crypto assets during an interview with Fox Business this week. He said, quote, I called it a decentralized Ponzi scheme because people were just hyping it, hyping it, and hyping it. And they'll write tons of books on this, the money that was stolen out of it, what people knew and didn't know. He is really not a fan of crypto. And yet his firm has to have some acknowledgement of crypto because 20-somethings and 30-somethings have money. And they're hysterical with, or they were hysterical with the idea that this would be their, their golden ticket. This would be their Willy Wonka moment. His quote was, a lot of people got hurt. These were retirees, grandmothers, lower income folks. And it was a shame. The bankruptcy of falling cryptocurrency exchange, FTX, is estimated to have wiped out $9 billion of worth of crypto investments. It should have immediately been put in some kind of regulatory framework so that there's some investor protection, in his opinion. But he thinks the barn door has been open. Regulators are starting to come up with safeguards, um, but they could have done it long ago. Diamond likened crypto, this is my favorite quote from him, to pet rocks. (laughs) I use the pet rocks analogy. I don't think you stole it from me. But one of the reasons I don't short stocks is because people bought pet rocks in the 1970s. You can get a box with a rock in it, and it would have a name like Ted. And you'd go home and put Ted on a window seal and talk to Ted. We're a pretty stupid society, all things considered. And I, I say that with love. I'm not being mean. I'm just saying there's a lot of LCDs out there. And again, you can have your opinions. Uh, I'm somewhere in between Jamie Dimon and hysterical. For some reason, I still say I think it's going to be around for a while. The currencies. I don't like the coins. I think the NFTs are way overpriced and silly. More often than not, I like Ethereum and the contracts that can be done inside the world of crypto. The blockchain is a fabulous technology. But am I going to put my hard-earned money in? I'm not. Not anytime soon. You can always find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Another little bit of sad news. And again, this has a story on money, I think. Remember how earlier in the show I was talking about Lisa Marie Presley dead at 54 and divorces can cost you a lot of money. A car crash can cost you a lot of money. A pothole. My dentist, three of his assistants all got uh, flat tires last week on the highways from potholes due to the rain. And in a Tesla, that's a $400 tire, $100 tow truck. That's $500 for a a whoopsie. I just hit a pothole. That's a lot of money. Life can come to you at you at funny ways. This is one that I saw and I just, I don't even know how I want to talk about it. If I want to talk about it, Justin Roiland, he's the co-creator and voice behind Rick and Morty. He's facing several years in prison after being charged with multiple domestic violence offenses. And when I saw this story yesterday, I was like, oh, he basically probably got drunk and hit his wife or something, right? Something like that is my guess. But no, 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 no. This happened two years ago with someone he is dating and he's being charged with falsely imprisonment by menace, corporal injury, domestic battery. And I'm like, wow, she's a Jane Doe. And there's something about his career being totally derailed. That's a financial story here. Like he's going to be in prison. Um, 
again, don't you wish you had that moment where someone says, whatever you do, don't hit a person. Whatever you do, don't kidnap a person. Whatever you do, don't lock them in a room. Um, we don't have those people talking to us because we don't need it, but some people do. Um, try to tell your kids right now, be very careful with your pranks on the internet, with your social media on the internet. It will come back to haunt you. Act like a grown up is my advice to my children. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. So this is a question coming from a younger person who's asking about their parents, which unfortunately many of us have to go through. Where the parent becomes the, the, the dependent again. We're born as dependent on our parents we grow older, and then we become dependents for our children. I know it's a really co- odd concept, but it, wouldn't it be nice if our government would pass, instead of um, laws for 401ks and IRAs and ways to save money for retirement, wouldn't it be nice if they could pass some laws that gave us perks for the children who help their parents? Tax perks, maybe. I don't know. It's a novel thought. That's more novel than war and peace, right? So what would the tax obligation and risk on an investment account be a bad idea for my parents instead of the life insurance? Are there tax advantage investment accounts for aging parents? And um, it's a great question. Parents basically have whole life insurance because they said that there's high premiums. That tells me um, that more than likely, I'm assuming it's whole life rather than term. I had term life insurance. I no longer have life insurance. You insure what you can't afford to lose. Um, I might, well, for the record, I might have some small life insurance through work kind of thing. But my term life ran until I was going to hit the age 60. So it's still active, but it's not as much. It won't. What I had bought years ago isn't really all that consequential today. I outgrew it. It's an odd thing to say, yeah, my kids would get a couple million or my wife would get a couple million or or if she died, the kids would until I'm 60. I bought it until I was 60. That was the goal was to keep my insurance until I was 60. And essentially it was, you know, 10 times my salary. And that would have allowed my children to mourn me, put me in the ground. Their mommy wouldn't have to instantly go out and find a new breadwinner. Like it, it was just that was about the right amount of money. You insure what you can't afford to lose. From age 20 to 60, I have the ability to earn income. After 60, I'm retired. In my head, that was the way it was going to play out. So it's a whole life term, a whole life insurance policy that they have, not term. Term is low premiums. It's cheap. It's what financial planners buy more often than not. Whole life is expensive. It has high costs. The insurance company makes a lot of money because they're charging you um, a premium. So life insurance won't offset potential health costs unless they tap into the policy's cash value. So here's the first thing I told the the, uh, emailer was that your parents don't have a lot of money. They're spending a lot of money on life insurance. And let's say one of your parents gets into a situation where they need long-term care. They're not dead yet. And that money's not going to be coming straight out uh, and paying for for their cost of living. So that's going to fall on the children more than likely than not. So what do you do? Hmm. Restructure the policy. 
sure, you could reduce the death benefit and the premium. Or if the cash value provides dividends, it might be enough to pay the premiums outright. But probably not. The cash value could be a source of liquidity now via a withdrawal or a loan. Your parent won't have to pay taxes on any withdrawals as long as they uh, take out less than what the premiums they've put in. This is called the cost basis. If they take out a loan against the policy and the loan interest plus unpaid principal exceeds their cash value, the policy lapses. If that happens, your the parents might have to pay taxes on any gains. It's very complicated. It's the last thing that you want to be doing is finding out worst case scenarios on how to get money out of a whole life insurance policy. I don't despise the product, but I really, really don't like the product. For someone like me, a whole life insurance policy, I can go to, let's say I I really like museums and I can go to the Museum of Modern Art and say, I'm going to give you $2 million, but you're going to buy a $2 million life insurance policy on me. And everyone's happy. That's when you could use whole life. Um, But it's really not appropriate for most people unless you have a CFP, Certified Financial Planner, hopefully from my firm, EP Wealth, helping you guide and set up how to structure insurance in your income years, your retirement years. There's something called a surrender. This is an obvious way to avoid the high premiums, but watch out for taxes. Unlike the death benefit, which typically is not taxable, any proceeds above the policy's cost will trigger income taxes, not capital gains taxes, but income taxes. And if your parents haven't passed the surrender period, there could be a penalty as well. So I would look at the policy is what I said to the emailer. And I would, I would run it through a CFP and see what they think. There's no special tax advantaged accounts for children that can set up and help their parents, which is unfortunate. Um, it's also important to know that both your parents are going to die. And when they die, it's probably $7,500 to $10,000 to put them in a coffin and bury them or the funeral expenses where you burn them. It's not cheap. Right now, when your parents are in their 60s and they have the ability to speak clearly, this is a wonderful time to start talking to them about the next 20, 30 years. And if you can do it with a sibling or two, that's even better. And say, look, mom, dad, what do you got? Do you have a house? Nope. Do you have a whole life insurance policy? Yep. Do you have an inheritance coming? Nope. How were your parents? Were they were they sickly in their final years? Were they bedridden? Were they Alzheimer's patients? Were they um, risks to society? Like if they got into a car, could they run someone over? Uh, my mom got into a car once late in her life, probably late sixties, early seventies, probably early seventies, and um, she drove to the grocery store, which seemed totally natural. The grocery store was two blocks away that we thought she was going to, but no, no, she was driving seven miles away in large part because save money. My father was in the military. Therefore my mom had the right to get on to what are called uh, bases. And when you're on a basis, there's commissaries and commissaries are way cheaper than a Safeway and Safeway is considered pretty cheap by most people's standards. It's not a premium like whole foods. Um, but one day she went seven miles away, got out of the car and started wandering and that was the last time she ever drove. 
so almost died. This is a good time to have those conversations. After that period, my mom had, she's had strokes and her mind just wasn't right. And she sometimes thought, you know, we were conspiring to steal her money. End of life isn't pretty. So for for the emailer whose parents are in their 60s, they're not financially secure. They're paying high premium life insurance policies. How long do their parents live? That's a good question because they lived 90 in good health. They're going to be paying for this whole high premium life insurance for the rest of their life. Do you really need life insurance? Do you really need a million dollars when they die? Probably not. If you've been doing what you're supposed to be doing, putting 15% away in a 401k, saving money, investing for the future, buying on dips, not panicking, getting into a home that you can afford, making the payments, getting a raise, putting more money away. If you've been doing all that, you don't need your parents' whole life insurance policy if their parents live to 90. My dad lived till 58 and my mom lived till about 83, 84. Um, so I kind of know where my longevity is. And my dad was a smoker. My mom was a smoker early in her life, but not later in her life. Did not, did not die of lung cancer. My dad basically got cancers. So I, I can kind of see some of this um, out there. But it's a really good time to talk to your parents about what they have and what their wishes are. That's what I really got out of that. If all they have is a whole life insurance policy and they think that's going to be doing you some good and they live till 90, then you may be 60 years old inheriting a nice chunk of money. Sure. Uh, But do you really need it at 60? If you did everything right in your life, probably not. So insurance or investments, I would say we don't have the answer because we don't have everything that your mom and dad have as far as assets. But I would start self-insuring by investing. That's what I've done. Like I said, my 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 dabbling with insurance to cover my family's ability to earn income is why I have whole life and why I have variable life insurance term life. God, I'm my. I don't have whole life. I don't have variable life term. Some days the words just don't come out of the mouth correctly. Um. So we have that. I think I, I, you insure what you can't afford to lose. That's what the last thing that I want to say on this segment, because I don't talk about insurance very often on the show. You have, I have healthcare. And instead of having a, a low deductible, I'm not getting sick very often. Instead of having a high deductible, I'm having a no deductible. I'm basically putting all my money into a savings account. Um, but having the backdrop of of insurance that I have to pay out of pocket. That I will lose if I have a heart attack on this one. I will win if I don't have a heart attack, i.e. a costly event. Um, but I've been saving more and more money for the long term in the way I save for my health insurance. I have auto insurance. I have a lot of auto insurance in case I hit a car with four lawyers in it. So if I cause the accident with lawyers, I don't want to lose everything I have. You, lo- you insure what you can't afford to lose. The only insurance that I get, like at a department store, it might be on a, like a, a notebook or an iPad, which kids tend to drop and break. But I don't insure a lot of electronics because they tend not to break. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. 
That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening. So I'm going to hit two things. Let's hit five stocks. I saw a list. It's called five stocks that will do well in a good economy, in a bad economy. No, no. What did the list say? Let's let's be careful on how we quote this. It says five stocks that will outperform the market. No, 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 no. Five best inflation-proof stocks. Do you see what I'm trying to tease a little bit? Be careful lists and be careful. We don't know you when we put together these lists. We don't know your income needs, your investment needs, your long-term goals, your short-term goals, your experience. We don't know if you're getting an inheritance. So it's always bad to ask for stock picks unless we know you. With that said, EP Wealth has a list of 10 people who work on the Investment Policy Committee, and they help form what we invest in and what we don't. Uh, Many of them CFAs, CFP credentials, they've got quite the skill set. I like that. I would always rather, one of the best ways I ever saw people invest was I'd go, I'd go to investor clubs. This was more of a thing in late 90s, early 2000s, where groups of women or groups of men would get together and meet once a month and talk, bring in $100 each. And from that pool, uh, they would buy one stock and they would debate which stock to buy. And typically it was a growth stock and it was men. And if it was women, it was... There was always a one woman that I loved. She was always like 90 years old. And she goes, I don't like TikTok socks. So she would make the other women find something else. Oh, instead of finding what's on the headline, she'd make them find something else. So here's a list of five best inflation-proof stocks. I tend to like group think more so than putting together a list for you. Um, some of this is going to make some sense to you. CF Industries. They make fertilizer. Um, strong pricing for fertilizer due to the oldest belief of economic principles. Demand is up. Supply is down. We are always, always, always going to need food. And to get more food out of the ground, we're going to need to fertilize said ground. Now, supply has been constricted in this industry by sanctions against Russia and Belarus, two of the leading global producers of fertilizers. So this is going to fight inflation, but it's also going to be around forever and ever and ever and ever. A demand for food. Maybe not the company. They could do something horrible. CEO can get up in a bell tower. Um, He loses his mind is what I'm trying to say. Uh, CEO can get into a gambling scandal, i.e. lose his mind. There's things like that that can happen that probably won't, that haven't happened. But CF Industries, ticker symbol CF, shares have risen. They're up 18% year over year. If stocks are valued by multiples of earnings, an 18% increase in the share price when compared to 1,200% increase in earnings might be construed as a mismatch. So there's a lot to like on the company. Now you have to consult a broker advisor before taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. Another stock that's not going to go out of business anytime soon that makes sense in a recession, that makes sense in a growth period, that makes sense um, for the long term, Costco. First and foremost, Costco has a subscription model, so it's very visible. So they've cut the margins on items that they sell. So they're pretty cheap in-store, right? But if you're not going consistently, you're probably not making up enough money for it to pay for that 
um, membership. Costco has pulled back in the last couple of years. They sell coffins. They sell cars. What you, they sell a lot of things. Part of this is explained by cooling costs, particularly gasoline, which Costco sells a lot of regardless. Of the, and it's cheap. Their gas is cheaper. So if you have a membership, I'm, I'm pro Costco. If you're going to go. For me, Costco has always been like five miles from my home and the grocery store is like half a mile. And I just don't go five miles for bulk chicken. I just don't. And I wish I could. I don't need bulk alcohol like I used to. <laughs> kidding, kidding. Um, but yeah, if if you die and you don't get a coffin from Costco, <clears throat> I mean, you're making a mistake in my opinion. Costco is a dividend grower. The dividend is small, but eight-tenths of 1%. Investors might be encouraged that the company has grown at about 13% clip annually for the last decade. This says a lot about the astute and prudent management. For really long-term investors, the growth of the dividend can pile up and produce spectacular cash-on-cash earnings. I like Costco long-term, and I think it beats inflation. Every couple of years, they raise their prices. Every couple of years, they've been uh, increasing their dividend. Now, it's not a big one. It's less than 1%. <clears throat> but if you want a little bit of growth with some income, it's not a bad name. It won't get you into a lot of trouble. Devon Energy. Um, this is less evident of how operating it's working. Ticker symbol is DVN. Revenues were 54% higher. Earnings per share were up 133%. It's a play on oil. Oil prices were way up in 2021. At the current moment, they're under the influence of seasonal demand patterns. There's always wild cards in the oil market that can drive prices higher. Um, the yield for the S&P 500 is about 1.8%. With Devon Energy, you're getting about 9%. That's dangerous. So this one on my on the list, this was not a list that I made up. Someone else did. <laughs> It caught my my attention. I was like, I'll go over it on air and, and tell you my thoughts. There's fixed parts of the dividend. There's variable components of the dividend. Cash flows are a big part of how it's configured. It's not the easiest thing to figure out. Devon is shrinking its share count. Company is about $1.3 billion through a $2 billion buyback. There's a lot to like about Devon Energy. Um. You can go for a pipeline if you don't like Devon Energy. You can go for a pure oil play like an Exxon or Chevron. But again, it depends on what your portfolio needs. And I'm not jumping into that one. <clears throat> but here's one that I like a lot for the average person to talk about on radio. 30. Pilgrim's Pride. Ticker small PPC. It's one of the largest chicken producers in the world. It's declined in recent months due to bird flu. Uh, where they had to cool the herd. Um, but I think white meat is chicken is always going to be more affordable than red meat, right? And I don't think it's going to go out of business anytime soon. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. If you need to work with a CFP, a financial planner, contact me, Rob at robblackshow.com. I'll put you in touch with someone that's Rob at robblackshow.com. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.